feeling like the world is out to get me and and how does that make me act in the world it makes me um more aggressive it makes me less trusting it makes me more fearful it makes me like all of these things that don't help me to expand into life they just uh, they just make me shrink they make shrink away from it yes, yeah they they totally. sh- they make me shy away from life i think that that's if anything that's that's maybe for me the biggest case to be made for this choice is that it's just like one is expansion into life and the other mm. one is is retraction from it this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art Man, we got an epic title for this one. Um, you know, an epic title, a big one. It sounds monstrous. Um, taking on our worst enemy. And I'm excited to see where this one goes. I mean, we, we as Brandon and I often do before we start recording, is we, we oftentimes have a nice little chat beforehand. Um, and we kind of just... Uh, tease, tease, and coax something, something out into the ether, um, you know, based on stuff that's been, you know, maybe going on in our lives, or or something that we've been thinking about, reading about, you know, something that uh, is significant to to us, and uh, so it's the same situation with what we've got uh, in store for this one, I think. Um. Although I would say in many ways, in many ways, this podcast uh, and the topics that we take on, the themes and, and whatever that we get into, uh, are are in many ways a reflection of this title. You know, I think that a lot of our episodes are, are kind of about like, hey, how do we how do we understand these things? I mean, our whole intro here is, you know, like, like, what do we say in our intro? I don't even remember. It's been such a long time. <laughs> such a long time so I've like really listened to our to our intro but you know like our uh, I know it's like oh man this guy doesn't even know know what said in uh, in their intro but you know it's like we're we're demystifying the struggles there it is I knew it would show I was demystifying our struggles and things like that and and so in many ways it's like yeah it's like our these these enemies and um you know as uh as we're getting going into this one you know we're we're looking at really like those enemies that are obviously those ones that we carry with us where wherever we go the the um i mean we talk a lot about the stories that we tell ourselves and and um and that's definitely i think a big part of this one but i think we've got some interesting topics to foray into specifically for this one um namely some things about like responsibility um and you know empowering ourselves decisions or choices but you know these these oftentimes very insidious little voices um and things that we have going on that um that are really quite destructive and and they can be quite subtle at least in in and maybe we'll get into a little bit of some of my own observations in my own life uh but um you know they can be quite 
quite subtle and um and require a certain level of diligence and persistence to to yeah to see these things and and to recognize them and then what the hell do we even do about it once we once we even recognize these little invisible enemies uh that that play on us so I, I feel like I've spoken enough to, uh, to start this one um, for myself. Brandon, uh, what, how would you like to, how would you like to open, open comments? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of places to go with this one. So I would say know, know that enemy. I think, what do you think when you, when you hear that? Know your enemy. Like, and, and when you think of that, know your enemy. What are you picturing in your mind? Who, who is the enemy? Like wh- what's, what's coming up for you? That's really good. Note that down. If you're listening to this podcast and you have a pen or, uh, you know, maybe you can just pull out your phone, just make a quick note of that. What, what are you picturing right now? When I say, know your enemy, know thy enemy and just really do that honestly. And <clears throat> what I, what I want to point out is that that's you. And that's, that's the thing you need to see, because when you see that, you actually demystify the enemy. So the hardest enemy you could ever face is yourself, because yourself, it knows everything about you. It knows what you're going to do. It knows how to create anything that it needs to make you scared, right? So imagine you had an enemy, and what it could do is it could find out exactly what you're scared of, exactly what you're sensitive about, exactly what would push a button or trigger you and it can give you that like instantly it just knows and it goes boom and this the moment you think oh i can do this it can go there you go that's the worst fear you have boom i got you and that's how it works with doubt and that's how it works with projection and that's how it works so when you think of your enemy you're projecting you onto your enemy and it's it's you using something in you to create it right so it's uh you know so but think about it this way when you know your enemy, you know yourself. And if you know it's yourself, then you can preemptively go after your enemy. Right? So the thing is, is we've been letting the enemy run amok. I mean, most of us let it run amok. And so when we have doubts and we have fears, we just let it kind of attack us. And we don't, we, and we think, cause it convinces us, oh, that's out there. That's not me. That's it's, it's this person. It's that thing. It's this event. It's this thing that happened when I was a kid, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Right. So, and what I'm kind of interested in, in this conversation and something I've been kind of coming to light to for myself, because it's got me a few times <laughs> recently. And I'm just like, oh, you and we'll probably little, get you again, <laughs> little motherfucker. And I'm talking about myself because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good at it. Like I know how to do it. Right. Like in a weird way, but it's like, wait, that's you. That's you doing that. So just like, like, let's, where's that all coming from? And, and what, what is that thing? And so it's like, a way this will show up for me, Evan, we were talking about this in the podcast. I'm like, I was saying like something, I was like, if you fucking come at me, you better watch out. You know, I was like kind of yeah. rallying myself up against what I'm trying to take on. And it's like, who's coming at you? You know what I mean? It's yeah. you coming at you. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing here? You're fighting yourself. You're punching a ghost in a way, you know, you're like, you can't get it. So it's like, you know, who's making the world a hostile place? Is the world a hostile place or am I making it a hostile place? And so then I need to look at that. And let me just share one thing just to hammer this point home because I heard this the other day and I thought it was very poignant actually for what we're talking about. So someone was saying, you know, listen, 
if you want to understand a dream, I know it sounds unrelated, but it's actually very related. They say, if you want to understand a dream, don't look at it so literally. Because what your subconscious is doing is it's going to take the most emotionally provocative thing it can if it wants you to pay attention to something. And it's going to use that to get you to pay attention to what it's telling you. So if you, mm -hmm. for example, if someone shows up in your dream that you're emotionally charged about, don't think about it necessarily as that person. It might be, but it might, it very well might not be. It's just that that person is what's going to get you to pay attention to this thing. So when you, when you walk away from your dream, understand your subconscious is trying to process something and it's trying, then the best way it can bring it to your consciousness is to give you an emotional provocation. Like that's the way it's going to do it. So when we perceive enemy, we we're we're we can use the most provocative thing inside of us to make us to to make us resistant, to make us doubt, to make us fear, right? Like so if our subconscious is not healed, it will project fear out onto people and situations and things to make us not go there because it's unhealed inside of us. So the trick is you got to heal it inside of you so that these things out here are not getting that thing projected onto them. And then you're scared of person, scared of things, scared of event, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's a, that's a whole, whole can of stuff right there. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. And I would also say even like, uh, the daydreams as well. Like, uh, you know, you were, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you were sharing this moment of like, yeah, if you come at me and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, let's take a second of, you know, because we, we, very often, um, you know, we like can externalize that stuff, which is, um, something that to my understanding is, is kind of this, this human, this human pattern. Um, there are these very big things that we, that most of us live with, um, fear, um, shame and guilt are a couple of the very big ones, <laughs> right? I would say they're kind of like a, almost the Holy Trinity of like some of the most destructive voices, um, emotions that we live with. And what a lot of us do on, you know, somewhat unconsciously is in order to deal with that, it, it's, as you said, we project it outwards. We have to, because, because it's such a, it's such an awful thing to live with that it's just, it's kind of like, you know, I, I guess it, to a certain extent, it's like releasing the pressure valve to a certain degree where it's just like, bwah, 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 get this, get this off of me for a little bit. But the thing is then like, but then the tap closes back up and that pressure just starts building up again. And then you're not really dealing with the, with the fundamental thing. Um, but regardless, um, you know, as, while you were talking, I, I, uh, what you're saying reminded me of, uh, of a quote and I was like, who said that? And, and I quickly looked it up here. Um, and if no, no big surprises here, it was, uh, Carl Jung who, who made this, this particular comment, but he said, uh, what if I should discover that the poorest of the beggars and the most impudent of offenders are all within me and that I stand in need of the alms of my own kindness that I myself am the enemy who must be loved. What then? Um, it's one of his, <laughs> it's definitely one of his, like, uh, th that one gets circulated quite, quite a bit. Um, of, of Good one, man. Some of the things I'm, that he said. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we should do. You know, we haven't done um, we haven't done a um artist an artist series? wisdom series where we've yeah. we've opened up a quote. So you know, we won't do that today. I don't think, but we um, should do that with a guest one day, like someone who's already oh. been on. They should come on and do an artist wisdom series with us, and we can get a third take on on a wisdom. Yeah, that sounds. I, I like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, I like that idea a lot. But yeah, Carl Jung, he's one that uh, I'm sure we could easily find a fantastic. I mean, this is a great one already, but um, but yeah, there's these um, to recognize that this enemy is is our our worst enemy. I think to jumping into the topic of this conversation is like the worst enemy is is within ourselves which isn't probably a big surprise for some people out there listening it's like you know i i think that a lot of our listeners are are people who 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 are very conscientious types of people who are really trying to do um to be very self-reflective and 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 aware but um i think that for me and it's so surprising because like yeah it gets you you know like the there it can be so that enemy can be so sort of sneaky and and subtle that you almost don't even know that it's that it's there right and for myself recently as i was sharing with you brandon it's like i noticed i discovered that there was this um there was this very victimy, poor me voice that um, that I had that that's quite had has a nice little operation going, <laughs> you know, like flying under the radar, you know, like it's not coming up against any competition, but it's like it's but it's got a it's 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 doing good business right? It's making a good business for itself. And I suddenly became aware that this like, oh, this, this operation exists. This business is, is going and it's going pretty strongly. And I, I don't care for that to be, (laughs) to be going strongly. Um, and so it was like, you know, there's a bit of a shock of that, but, um, for me, I, I, at, this stage of my life, at least I, I find also there to be a kind of exhilaration at, a, at that type of discovery where it's just like, Oh, Holy shit. I w- had no idea that this was, has been here for this long. Um, but I'm so glad that I, that this is, this is here now. And, you know, as always awareness and with so many things is the first, is the first step. You can't do, anything about anything unless you're aware of it um in the first place and for me the kind of antidote that i've been looking at and in many ways the thing that's been allowing this uh this operation to exist um has been actually me not taking responsibility for certain things in my life and I will admit that when I hear people which is always usually a sign that you got some work to do it (laughs) to do it in an area but 
very often when I hear people talk about responsibility, I get like, it, it, it gives me, it, it, in the past, it's given me a kind of like a, ooh, like a, a an uncomfortable feeling, right? Like, or it's just like, you got to take responsibility. And, you know, I think that some people can be a little bit too hardcore with it, but I think that there's def there's, as I'm learning through going through some, some of working through some of my own stuff that there's an incredible amount of wisdom in taking responsibility um for certain for 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 your life in in many respects like taking responsibility for um my words my actions my emotions my all of these things which uh, as i was saying on the outward appearance it, it would seem i I, th I mean i should probably ask some people this to be honest with you but you know is something that i'm I'm a person who's not really in the habit of just going around and blaming people for things. But I'll walk away from people and I'll be blaming them, but I'm just not saying it to them and I'm not like speaking it out loud, but it's 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 running inside of me, right? And and this sort of shirking responsibility for certain things in my in in my life and but it's just it's all kind of going on underneath the surface and recognizing that um for myself that this is actually having um a lot of negative effects in terms of um my life but certainly my experience um with with a lot of things in my life um because I think that to a certain extent, responsibility was somewhat of a dirty word because I have some sort of association with responsibility as being like, ugh, like it's, it's this responsibility is just like, it's a burden. It's, uh, you know, it's no fun to have responsibilities. It's, it's just like responsibility is kind of who would want to, who would want to be responsible for anything, right? But oddly enough, responsibility can actually, I think, be a source of of strength and joy, mm -hmm. right? Because if I think that we can, there's something that we can find within ourselves through taking responsibility um, that otherwise we're just kind of, life is just all these things that are constantly just happening to us and we're and we're left not really feeling like empowered people or um that what we do matters right i think that that's something that i've recognized like again within myself is that not taking responsibility in in certain respects actually starts to make you feel like what you're doing doesn't matter mm -hmm. that what you do what you have done like it, it doesn't have any significance right but when you take responsibility there's uh there can come with it a sense of of meaning and a sense of um of 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 purpose i guess
So I'll stop because I said a lot of I've said a lot of shit there, Brandon. So <laughs> and you've been a very nice, just diligent listener there on the other end. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good stuff, man. Definitely a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think in this in this uh, in this time, it's more important than ever to get that message out there that taking responsibility is actually a good thing for you, and being a victim is not a good thing. And like, listen, like, you know, for the people out there who, you know, maybe you just fucking I don't know, maybe you just need a a big brother or a best friend or you know, a father, a good uncle, you know, whatever the fuck it is, you know, like. Someone to just kind of be there. Hey, like lean on me. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this is your best fucking friend. I honestly mean that. Don't play the fucking victim. If you can avoid it, do not do it. And do not follow leaders who play victim. Worst thing you'll ever do to your fucking self ever. <laughs> do not follow victim leaders. They're, they're going to destroy you. They will destroy you. And you know what they do is it's like, they're like the wicked fucking witch, man. They'll give you the candy. They'll give you all the good feelings. Oh, you can be the victim. Life's so hard. You get to take a break. You get to take it easy. You don't have to do the hard thing. Life's tough. Things were not fair for you. Fuck those people. Get rid of those people in your life. Just fucking ax them or fucking call them out and say, hey, where, where do we do something about this shit? How do we, how do we take charge here? How do we fucking make this something? Because you know what? I'll tell you something I've learned. I, I've had my challenges in life, but everybody has had their challenges in life. And it's all relative. It doesn't, like my challenges are not more than your challenges. They're, they're relative to my life, just like yours are relative to your life. And you can sit around all day thinking about how fucking hard life is and how unfair it is and how this shit happened to you and that person did this. It's destroying you. I'm telling you this because if this was something I could have just learned as early as fucking possible, it would have helped me out so much more. And all that blame and all that victimhood, it's just destroying you. And it will, the reason why it's so fucking seductive is it gives you something immediately. It gives you some kind of out. It gives you some kind of good thing in the very, very short term. And so, you, but you don't see the cost that it has down the road. And it has a huge fucking cost and it's a big fucking debt that gets very difficult to pay back the more you fucking buy into it. So the sooner you can stop playing victim and the sooner you can start just saying like, I'm a fucking champion. I rose above this shit. I don't let this stuff define me. And in fact, if it does define me in any way, I use it to make me better. I use it to make me smarter. And, and if someone wronged you in the past, it happened in the past. It's done. You're here now. Will you ever let it happen again? No. Okay, good. Then move on. And like the, the other thing too, is like victimhood is so seductive because the world truly is unfair. It will never be fair. So all the people that are playing victimhood to try to get the world to be fair, try and get things to be fair. You just, you're literally destroying your life. The world will not be fair. The, the way that you win in life is you accept that it's not fair and you rise above the cheaters. Because here's the thing, 95% of people will cheat probably. Maybe 85%, maybe 75%, but I'll tell you, it's probably most of them. Most people will cheat. Why? Because it's easier. And if they can get away with it, they'll fucking do it. Most people will steal. Most people will do this. Unless they build a moral, ethical code, which people just, 
they don't see the value in doing it until we live in a world where people build a code in themselves to say like, I know I could steal, but I'm not going to do it because it's wrong. Or I'm not going to be a selfish prick because it's just not right. Most people will probably be selfish. They'll probably steal. They'll probably cheat. They'll probably do all this. So what you do is you rise above even cheaters. We played a game in soccer this one time. We played this younger team. These kids, they dove every time you knocked them. Every time you just touched them. You didn't even have to touch them. They just fly in the ground. And then the ref would blow the whistle, blow the whistle, free kick, free kick. It was so frustrating. The thing is, is you have to, you, you know, you can sit there and complain and say, this is unfair. And it wasn't fair. They were cheating. They were totally cheating. And they were using their smallness against our size to basically turn the favor in there. And it's totally unfair. It's totally not right. But they mm -hmm. were getting away with it. There's nothing we could do in the game. So you have to you have to look at it and go, okay, this is what is happening. And and don't worry about like they're just trying to win. And and this is the thing about life. Everybody's trying to win. And some people they're going to try to win with whatever way they can. And even if it's gaming the system or cheating the system, they're going to do it. So what you need to do is you need to go, I'm not going to focus on what other people are doing. I'm going to focus on what I'm going to do. And I'm going to focus on how I'm going to deal with it. Like you're born into a world that is trying to get you to spend all your money and get you in debt and do all this bad shit to you right from the bat. And you're innocent and you don't know any better. And it's doing this from the moment you're fucking born. And it's doing it to your family and it's doing it to everyone else. We can sit around all day and we can talk about how fucked that is and how wrong it is. And sorry about my swearing, <laughs> but it just is what it is. So now we have to learn how to deal with it. And the first thing is, like you said, Evan, and I know I'm kind of like going off here. First step is awareness. Be aware. Okay. This is going on. Second thing is go, how am I going to respond to it as a champion? Because if you respond to it as a victim, you're just going to live in it. And just be fucking, you know, screwed over by it. So the champion goes, okay, like, how do I, how do I work within this system that is obviously clearly corrupted and slanted in a way not to favor me? Um, it's slanted to favor someone else, but it's not slanted to favor me and my position. So either I have to figure out how to deal with that, or I have to get to the position where it favors me. Right. And, and it's just like, I mean, it's not a, I know this is kind of like a crass way of kind of saying all this, but it's like, look, for whatever fucking reason, we're born into this life as human beings to live in this world with these people in this culture under these systems. And this is where we fucking landed. So we're here. And now what are we going to do? You know what I mean? We can sit in the corner and we can cry and we can whine and we can say how life hard it, how hard life is and, and that. Or we can rise up, deal with it, and become something in spite of it, despite of it. You know, we can do it instead of it. And I think the thing is, is like all those things inside of us, like this, this world is unfair. Yeah. And you can look at that as the enemy, but it's like, it only really becomes a problem by the way you look at it. Because if you can't change it, I'm not saying join it, but I'm saying deal with it, you know? Like, don't, don't, don't complain that you have gravity, for example, you just stuck to the ground. Okay. So deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to fly. Okay. That'd be fucking great. Right. But like, we're stuck to the ground. So we have to deal with it and we can fly. 
but we have to deal with the fact that gravity exists to do it. We can't deny that it's there. It just is what it is. And maybe there's benefits. The other thing is one last thing I'll say about this is maybe there's benefits to being in a corrupt or say cheating selfish society, right? And I'm not trying to I'm I'm not trying to say from a jaded point of view. I'm just saying maybe there's benefits for your personal growth and advancement as a human being to be in a world that's actually challenging. Maybe that mm-hmm. resistance is actually what's what will make you great in this world. And maybe if we didn't have that shit in the way, we wouldn't have the chance to rise above something, which is really what this is all about maybe. Who knows, right? Yeah. So I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but I'm like, yeah, like I think at the end of the day, it's like, don't follow victim leaders. Don't be a victim yourself. Try to be a champion. And yeah. And you know, it's going to be hard and find people you can lean on, you know, that can help you through it and be like, encourage you and inspire you and, and, and push you to, to face your fears and your doubts, which might just be inside yourself, you know, and, and do that because like, you know, if, if, if you're given into victimhood and all that, I mean, it's just hurting you. It's just enabling your own internal enemy. Yeah, it definitely doesn't do anything. It definitely doesn't do anything for you. I mean, there's so many things that I'm like, that in, in which you said there that I'm like, oh man, we could easily get into the weeds with some of the stuff because there's so many components, I feel, to what you said that... Um, so I'm going to try and do my best to, to address some of this because... Um, I, I'm, I'm going to push back on one, one thing here. Um, because it's like, I, I actually feel like, like people like, yes, uh, put in certain situations, uh, you know, very often you'll see, you know, people will, might do something questionable to, to, you know, gain an advantage in some regard but you know to a certain extent you look at how well some things actually function um in our society most people don't steal because if everybody was stealing all the time yeah <laughs> you know like it would just like nobody would yeah, be yeah, able to yeah, open up a yeah. o- up a story you know it's like to, so i think that there is something that we recognize in some some regards that that but I, okay. I think that <clears throat> hold on, Evan. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about this. Okay. okay, let's just talk about this. Okay, look, I, I hear you, and you know what? It might actually be that most people wouldn't steal, but there's a certain amount of people that would steal. Yeah, and maybe the small amount of people that would steal makes such a big impact on the people that wouldn't that it creates things. So, like for example, right. when you go to a store depending on where you are, how much, how many precautions have they taken to make sure that you don't steal? Like how many things do we have in place in society just to make sure that people follow the rules and do what they're supposed to do. And if we lived in a lawless society or we lived in a place where there weren't precautions taken, would people do it? You know, and you know what, like, look, I don't know the answer for most people because I'm not most people. I'm just myself. And I've just had my experience, but you know, if you, like if you saw an easier way to do something, would you do it? Say there's no consequence, right? Well, you probably should, right? If there's a consequence or some negative impact that you can see, 
would you do it? Like, like, and this is like where you got to answer it in yourself, because in some ways, like we're looking at, like, we, we have to do things in this world to basically protect ourselves from the, the unfairness or the ways in which people will cut corners. But is it as many people? I don't know. And I, I think you raise a really good point because like my numbers, I'm like 95% of people would do this. <laughs> like, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe it's 10%. Maybe it's 5%. Maybe I'm totally way off on, and my experience is totally jaded. And that, I think this moment here, I'm just bringing this to light. You might be calling me out on my own internal, like jadedness about how I see people. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> people steal it's not like they don't so it's like you can well, sit around all day and complain about the five percent if it's only five percent yeah yeah i mean i definitely think there's you know i would tend to more so along, side along with the idea that like it's a small percentage of people but that small percentage has a, a fairly large impact they can they can do quite a bit of damage um but and I would also say that like for you know coming from an acting background, right? Like a huge part of your job as an actor is is really understanding, trying to understand the human condition, right? And and playing characters and seeing ordinary, you know, sort of ordinary people. Um, do very extraordinary things being placed in very extraordinary circumstances you know like there's a very common thought experiment that's come to many many people at some point whether they just conducted this for themselves or it was presented to them in some form is well like do you think you could kill somebody right and most people would be like, no, no, I could never kill somebody. It's like, okay, in, in this moment right now, just like the way that your life is, no, you could not. But let's say, you know, and you can you can imagine a, cir a circumstance, a situation in which most people would be like, okay, yeah, I guess I, I could kill somebody. I wouldn't feel good about it, but like, you know, that, that could happen given the, given a very specific set of circumstances yeah, it enters into the realm of of possibilities. So yeah, I mean, you could say ninety five percent of all people would steal given a certain situation, right? A certain circumstance, and you could probably create that that number. But in general, the you know when things are just when things are kind of going okay in our world, like it's most people aren't stealing. Um, but yeah, I'm I I just want to to take a look at that for for a quick second. Um. And, you know, one of the other things that that you brought up is is like, you know, it's a very big subject. And I don't know if 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 this particular conversation is is the one to really get into it, because it for me, it has to do with um, these ideas that we have of. Um, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be have, what we're supposed to have, our status and wealth and all of these kinds of things. Like, I think that our ideas around that are part of what creates a lot of the problems that we're talking about, you know, like Agreed. in terms of, Agreed. in terms of, you know, 
taking on our worst enemy. And, and sometimes that worst enemy is, um, you know, these insane expectations of who we're supposed to be in our culture and, and society. And I think a lot of, a lot of people just kind of have ideas of we pursue things in, in a way that, that, well, money and fame or whatever it is, is going to create a fulfilled life. And so a lot of our efforts are geared towards this, uh, a, a pursuit that's just riddled with, with traps and empty promises. Right. So that's a whole thing there. How, <laughs> but I want to get to, yeah, there's, there is, still in all of this because that's a whole thing that every human being has to take on as well like what is it that i really actually truly want in life right that's a huge question i don't know if this is i don't think that this is the episode to but that's a big question because i think that so many of us if not most of us are have some elements of the things that we are really in hot pursuit of or think that we're supposed to want or have that really have got nothing to fucking do with who we actually are right Mm -hmm. so that's a whole thing in and of itself so in terms of our lot in life and how we we kind of where we find ourselves in the world i don't want to deny for a single second that that there are people who've been handed a shitty fucking hand. You know, I don't want to deny that for a second or anyone to feel like we're discompassionate to, because there, there are things that happen in life that are completely out of your control. Right. And, and the only thing that you have in the face of these things is how you respond and I think that this is where this whole thing of, of you know, the sort of the victim versus the hero um, mentality. And, and I do think some people get a little bit um, that can become a conversation that becomes very discompassionate. And mm-hmm. and I want and I don't that's not what we're doing. And, and I don't want anyone to feel that way because I. I there's as one of my favorite thinkers, um Jiddu Krishnamurti would say there is no justice without compassion. Um, complete compassion. So we need to always have that in this conversation. And the wisdom, if we can kind of get through into that of choosing the hero mindset, not like being aware of the victim mindset is not to be ignorant of the fact that some people have had very bad hands that they were just born into um and that there are life events that just can also happen as well spontaneously you know things can be going absolutely wonderful and and whatever and then boom suddenly something earth-shattering happens you lose your partner or something in in some kind of a tragedy that's something that you you didn't do you're not mm-hmm. responsible for, but it happened and it can fucking break you. Like it can just, it can just shatter you as a human being. And that's a, and that's a difficult 
thing to find your way back from. However, even in the midst of all of these insane situations that can happen, there still remains a choice in which we have to, in some ways, make that conscious decision where it is easy to be victim to it, but to choose to be the hero of your story is the one that's going to actually create, give you an opportunity for fulfillment and joy and things to happen in your life to say, okay, I've been handed this stuff, not being, being you know, like just pretending like that doesn't exist, being aware of it, but then saying like, okay, how can I play this hand the best that I can? Right. And I, I think this has a lot to do with, um, you know, a conversation that we, that we had uh, a few weeks back, um, in terms of, uh, creating a real like real self-confidence right mm -hmm. and for me which is like how do we respond right how do we respond to the things that happen are we responding to it as a victim blaming somebody else right or are we taking responsibility for how we're how we are reacting how we are responding right um Because there's far more empowerment in in taking that that responsibility, right? Even in in very challenging situations, there's still there that that choice almost always exists. That choice almost always exists. And another way, I think, of framing it, if if we want to kind of step away a little bit from that um, hero victim kind of. Um, binary in in this thing that we've brought up on past episodes before but a question that that can often be very helpful in the face of a very tough choice or a tough situation is who do i want to be who who do i want to be in this situation right because through asking that question right we're not saying i've got to be the hero or i've got to be it's like no who do i want to be and you know, for myself, very often in a challenging situation, it's like, hey, who do I want to be? I want to be a calm person who is, um, you know, I, I want to respond to this calmly. I want to, um, I want to stay open and, and clear in this situation. I don't want to um, react with anger and whatever. Like, I can get a sense of, oh, yeah. I, I kind of actually understand the person that I want to be in this situation, right? It, it kind of just sort of becomes very clear. Um, even when I'm not, it's because typically I have to ask that question when I'm having just a reaction to something, right? Like I'm, I've gotten upset or, or fearful or anxious or, you know, in some way about the situation, it's like, okay, who do I want to be? And that in, and, I, uh, a friend of mine once said the difference between a reaction and a response is a miracle, <laughs> you know, and it's like, recognize that, right. That, that moment that you, 
that you see the reaction and then you take that breath and so that instead of reacting you're responding that that's that can be miraculous that mm. can completely transform a situation that can that can turn that can turn uh, a a crazy fight into a meaningful conversation hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. You know what I mean? What <laughs> it can be huge. So, um, yeah, I think ultimately what I was just trying to say in in all of that is, yeah, that that response to um, that response to to the situations and circumstances of our life, I think, are um, really what help to define and help us to see um, where those kinds of like enemies are within ourselves so well one thing i want to just mention is like you you use the word hero and that's not the word that i use i use the word champion champion. yeah because to me like hero can bring up different contexts whatever i mean i suppose it has similarities but like all i'm saying is like you have challenges and you want to you know, you can either be a victim to your challenges or you can champion your challenges. And so I, I, I encourage people to, you know, to champion them. I look at it this way. To me, everything in this whole conversation, Evan, boils down to this, is like, are you empowering your victim enemy or are you empowering your champion hero friend? leader, whatever version of you. Right. And so in, in these moments, like when we're reactive, we can be letting the victim just run amok, right? We can be letting the enemy inside of us just run amok. And so I think part of this is like this conversation for me is about going, okay, well, where is like, where is the enemy? Where, where do they exist and, and what's happening? It's like, so if I have a doubt or a fear, how am I taking that doubt and fear and projecting that out into the world, into people, situations, events, scenarios, whatever? How am I making me as an enemy out there in the world to face myself? And if if I was to stop that, what would I do? You know, and I think that's really what this all comes down to. And, I, and we, you know, we started this conversation uh, or early on, at least we were talking about responsibility responsibilities to me in a way in this context is if I'm scared of something out there, I need to be responsible for how I created that fear out there, that that fear doesn't actually exist. It's something that I created. So Mm -hmm. like you might say, I'm scared of spiders, spiders. I'm not scared of spiders. 
I mean, yeah, jumping spiders in, in Australia. I mean, there's a certain <laughs> point where I started to be like, oh, I don't know, it's a little fucking creepy. But like, for the most part, you know, I'm not scared of spiders. There was a time in my life where I was a little bit creeped out by spiders. Not anymore. But I have to recognize that it's my fear. It's my creation of spiders are scary that makes spiders scary. Spiders aren't necessarily scary. It's that I have decided they're scary and I, for some reason... You know, so whatever this thing is that you're scared of, you know, I think that you got to look at it and take responsibility and go, somehow I manufactured this. I, I made that up. I decided that's so. And, and it's not always a quick and easy fix because maybe something traumatic happened to you when you were younger or whatever. So you might have to work through that. It might not just be as simple as like, I'm just not going to be scared of that anymore. It might not be that easy. I'm not saying that it is always that easy. Sometimes I think it is, but a lot of the time, or at least some of the time, it's not. And so in those cases, it's going to take a little bit of work. You know, um, for me, for example, like I was bullied in 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 high school. And people are often surprised by that when they meet me today. I've done a lot, but I still have trauma from that shit. There's still like my view of people and my view of um, just being targeted is greatly influenced by these moments that occurred in my life because, you know, I felt targeted and I felt teamed up on and I felt like all of that stuff. So some of these things, when it comes to people, I have these, these um, reservations, I suppose, that come up because of events that happened as a kid. And it's taken me most of my life to work through a lot of that. And I'm not even going to say that I'm fully worked through it, but I do have to acknowledge that when I'm scared of people or groups or situations, I have to remember that this is my internalization of that. And, you know, it's it's funny because I have a bit of a, I tend to, you know, I don't want to get too personal here, but I mean, maybe someone can relate, but I have a tendency when I'm meeting new people to have my guard up a little bit because of these. And I think probably partly, maybe not entirely, but partly because of some of these experiences that happened in high school. So I need to recognize that there might be a part of me where that serves me. And there might be a part of me where that actually holds me back mm -hmm. and, and, and try to navigate that because like, honestly, if I'm just straight, I'm like, it sucks. I wish that I didn't have resistance to anybody. I wish I could just be open and just see everybody as like, you know, in a way I want that. But in, in some ways, maybe there's some good in this. Maybe it protects me a little bit. Maybe it makes me a little bit smarter. Maybe it makes me pay attention to things that not everybody would pay attention to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I need to take the good out of that and then try to get rid of the stuff that's like negative and holding me back and making me feel afraid of the world. Right. And we have this in like an infinite number of ways and all sorts of variations, all of us. And so, you know, if I'm not going to be a victim to being bullied in high school today as an adult, I have to find ways to identify it, become aware of it. And then, you know, transcend that shit, you know, because, you know, it's, it, you know, another thing too is, and while I'm just on the topic, I think this is something that's worth mentioning. A lot of people will say bullying is bad. And listen, as somebody who was bullied, 
it isn't all bad. Actually, there's a lot of good that your bullies do for you. They fucking toughen you up. They actually, they actually make you better in so many ways. And so something that I've learned to do is actually be grateful for the bullying that I had and not look at it as this like hundred percent bad, evil thing or something, but like some of these, like some of the guys that bullied me, they made me way fucking better. And in some ways I need to be thankful of that. And so if somebody here in my adulthood is being tough on me and I perceive that as bullying, it might be good for me to reframe it and go like, how is this person maybe helping me to be stronger and helping me? Like maybe they're holding me accountable and I just think of it as bullying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's stuff like, like reframing and rewriting the narrative in a champion way, as opposed to in a victim way. Oh, everybody's against me. Nobody likes me. That's victim shit. Yeah. This person might be saying like, they might be saying like, Hey, like you're, you're being a wimp, you know, like, toughen up a little and that might be good for me and they might actually be helping me because you know in in some cases in this world you need to be tough and being too too soft and too weak and too sensitive is just not conducive to success in that area of your life so you know don't so so like this is what i'm saying like don't look at it as all bad it, it's mm -hmm. it's a gray area and there's good to be pulled from everything and there's definitely not so good, but like work, work through that. Right. Like don't just live in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. there's this book that I've, uh, that I'm reading right now and, uh, it's called from uh, heartbreak to wholeness. It's re really good. I'm, I'm struggling to remember the name of the, uh, author right now, but, uh, she, uh, she has this one, one statement, uh, that I, I comes to mind, which is um, what's the message in the mess kind of thing. Like what's the message in the mess of this, of this situation? You know, like what, um, what about your life? Is it, is it showing you? And I think, you know, for me, because it's personally relevant, it's also like, okay, so what can I take responsibility for? You know, like, and um you know, and, and I, I've been, been bullied as, as well in, in high school and, you know, like in, and throughout, you know, when I was younger too, but I particularly in high school really stands out as, as well. And, you know, and I was being bullied by people who were my friend group, like my, my friend groups were, was my, were, were all my bullies were. And, um, you know, eventually it was, it was, it felt really shitty. And then at some point, you know, I wasn't consciously thinking like, I need to take responsibility for this. But at some point it was just like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm not like my, I, I'm, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. I'm not going to. So I made a different decision, made a decision to start hanging out with different people. <laughs> right. And interestingly enough, my bullying problems seemed to kind of go away. You know, like it was just, you know, and, and, and it, it, the, there, there was in terms of like, what was the message in, in that mess? And the message was like, don't put up with these types of people if you don't have to. Right. If, if like there was a few options I could have, I could have stood up to them. Right. Um, 
you know, in a more meaningful way, which probably would have come at, you know, really at my own physical expense to a certain degree because I was smaller than everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I might have, you know, that whole logic of like, well, you know, once you fight back, you might get your ass kicked, but, you know, they might leave you alone after that. So that, I suppose that could have been an option. But for me, it wasn't really a the the best option because also I was like, yeah, but these people are just kind of assholes and I don't really like them anyhow, right? <laughs> so um, it, it, uh, it, it taught me a lot, you know, from in, from that circumstance. I mean, bullying sucks. Don't get me wrong. Bullying really sucks, and and I don't stand for it. And if I if if I ever see bullying, I I'm you know I'm one to step in. But um, uh, something else in what you were saying reminded me of uh, a quote that I I remember John Cleese, the great the great John Cleese of Monty Python saying. Um, which was those who don't take responsibility for their emotions must inevitably control the behavior of others. And that I think also plays into this whole thing of like taking, taking on the responsibility of, um, you know, that choice of hero or champion versus, versus victim, Right where the hero and the champion is I'm taking responsibility for the emotions that I feel because I understand that those are mine. Right. Um, and the other angle, like the, the other side of that thing though is, is he's saying like, if you don't take responsibility, then you must control the behavior of others. And what that really means is actually you become, you become a kind of, a monster you like it, it it leads if you follow if you want to follow it all the way down the line to basically its most extreme end it's tyrannical it becomes absolute tyranny because now you're you have to go around and you have to be on the alert you have to to police people's behavior all the time you're you claim some sort of high ground in term in in which you know what the right thing is for other people to do and you don't like nobody can tell another person you know what they should or should not do necessary like like you have to usually what's said around that stuff before you go around trying to change the world and do all of these things is like you've got to get your own house in order right? Like get your own house in order. Um, because otherwise you're, you're coming from a state of confusion, right? Like if you're occupying a state of just constantly being, um, triggered and upset and angry and fearful, what exactly do you think any of your actions to improve that are going to do? You're just going to create more of the same shit that you feel, right? So that's where I think that, that this, the whole thing of taking that responsibility. Um, and I think this is ultimately for me in terms of trying to like really get this down to what I think the, the main point of this conversation is for me, um, is that, uh, I am responsible for the enemy, 
right? That enemy that's within me, I am responsible for that thing. Nobody else is responsible for that enemy. It's me, mm-hmm. right? Um, going back to the Jung quote that I shared earlier as well, right? It's just like, what if I am the enemy who's in need of the of the alms of my own kindness, you know, who needs... Um, so yeah, I think that that's, for me, I think like the big, uh, the big thing is how are we taking responsibility for that, that part, or are we trying to pass the blame off to someone else? Mm. Yeah. You know, there's, um, there's like a trickle down effect that occurs with people too. And our actions actually cause other people's actions in, in many ways. And the unconscious person doesn't know any better. And so they, they react and they, they act out in accordance to kind of how they were mistreated or treated, you know, positively, whatever it might be before. So like, for example, um, if someone bullies, there's a good chance that somehow they're bullied because it's a trickle down effect it's like uh you know it it's it's um you know it's kind of like that silly saying but it's somewhat true is like hurt people hurt people i mean it's yeah. it's real it's it's relatively like for the most part it's kind of true until you identify like hey like i was hurt this way and i don't want to hurt anybody this way so i'm not going to hurt anybody this way and you know when you choose when you see pass someone it along yeah when you see some someone doing something bad it if if you hate on them in some ways you might actually enable them more to do more of their bad behavior you know what i mean if you perceive it as bad whatever it might be and i think um you know it, like victims the thing about victimhood is like yeah there are times where we are victims like we are a victim of something and that i'm not i'm not ever going to say that that's not true because sometimes you're wrong and you're a victim of of a crime or you're a victim of something that occurred and for those moments in which that happened and that event you you were the role of the victim in that situation where i'm talking about victim and i think this is important to clarify is that it's the mentality and the thought process whereas yeah. you want to be careful about seeing yourself as a victim like like listen you're a human being and in a moment, you were a victim, but you're not a victim as a whole. And sometimes some people play on yeah. play this, I'm a victim, like I'm just a victim in life, right? And where I'm suggesting is like, I'm not saying you weren't victimized. I'm not saying there weren't moments where you were a victim of something, but you're not the character, the role, the victim. And if you were going to take on a role, you might as well take on the champion role. Don't take mm-hmm. on the victim role because the ch- the the champion role at least it'll do something for you. The victim role is only going to hurt you and it's going to cause you to hurt more people because victims yeah. are always the ones that hurt everybody. That's the thing that victims never fucking see. They're always the ones that are hurting everybody. Champions don't fucking hurt people because champions know what it takes to rise above pain. That's why they don't hurt people. It's always the victims that hurt people. And mm. And and if you look at um, if you look at all narcissists, like narcissist people basically gave in to victimhood, and people who had narcissistic parents or whatever 
who don't become narcissists, they often become empaths, which is the very opposite, which is it has it comes with its own sense of problems. But what they and and actually empaths can be victims too in their own right. So I'm not saying empaths are good, but in in every in every sense, because they're not. There are certain ways in when empathy can become actually a hindrance in your life. But narcissistic people always justify their shitty actions by some bullshit in their life. And it's mm-hmm. a victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And the the what happens is they say most people who have NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder, like 95 or 99% of people can never change. Or they, sometimes they, uh, some psychologists say that none can change, but they say that the reward of their victimhood is so high and the amount of shame they would have to admit to and experience to correct their negative behavior would be so high that it just doesn't make sense for them to leave it. So they commit to this destructive mentality of making the world about themselves and whatever. But think about what a victim does. A victim always makes the world about themselves, right? It's a very narcissistic thing. And so, you know, victimhood is toxic in my opinion, but momentarily finding yourself as a victim and recognize that you were a victim of something is not bad. But, Mm -hmm. but being like, fuck, I was, I was a victim of this. Now, I'll never be a victim again. Let me do this instead is a champion mindset of victimhood. But I'm a victim. Oh, life's so hard. Everybody's against me is taking on the role of victim, which is like kind of what we're talking about here. And so like, uh, let me just wrap this back around because what we're talking about is this internal enemy. And the internal enemy, I think it has its position in your victimhood pursuits mm-hmm. right if you want to be the victim if you pursue the victim if you enable the victim you enable your enemy you enable your own internal enemy to destroy you and so the champion goes like yeah you fucking hurt me but i'm gonna i'm gonna be better because of it yeah you fucking yeah that sucked i didn't like that at all but you know what this is what i learned from that shit and this is how i'm gonna be better from that and this is how you're never again gonna do that to me and then oops you got me again fucking i missed this okay now you'll never get me because now I know this and I know that, and now I'm good. And and I think also when you're a champion, though, here's a negative side, and I just want to bring this into the whole equation. The champion can become jaded. And this is something I've had to work through in my own thing because I've pursued the champion, but the champion can become victim-y in a weird little way where it starts to go, oh, the world's fucking tough and people are hard and da-da-da. And like, yeah. I've definitely fallen victim to that side of it as well. And I'm trying to correct that because that was a real sneaky one. That one kind of got me on the other side of it. It's like, oh, I'm a champion, but like, but yet the victimhood's kind of sneaking in. And that's, you remember we were talking about this in the beginning? It's like, it's this elusive little fucker. It just, (laughs) it just gets you. You know what I mean? And you gotta, you gotta be diligent and you gotta be like, nope, I see you. You're in the light now. No more. You don't get any more. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and you can't really do much about something you're not aware of. So like I have to give myself a break and be like, okay, well maybe you were a victim in your trying to be a champion. You became like jaded and that was kind of a victimhood, right. In a certain way. And like, let's heal that because yeah, like I do say things in this podcast and sometimes I think about it. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's just my bullshit. 
like 95 percent <laughs> of people like like i do actually think that there's a certain amount of self-protection that's just going on there which yeah. is inaccurate and i'll call myself out on that that's fine i'm i'm okay with that but it you know we're all in the middle of this process right like none of us have figured out none of us are at the finish line we're all in the middle we're all in the middle of the battle yeah. trying to work it out right and like you know honestly like if i can forgive myself for that then i can forgive someone else for that and that's healing that's good cuz that makes me better with everyone else right because there's probably a moment where i was selfish you know certainly there was i mean i'm not saying probably <laughs> and certainly probably will was. be again and I'm there sure. will be again but yeah i'll make mistakes other people will make mistakes um i can be better you know and and we can all be better and we can encourage people to be better and you know, and, and are people going to be selfish again? Of course they are. And and you know what? I'll have more compassion and understanding because I'll know how I did it. And, you know, it's just the nature of the beast, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, there, that was that was quite a quite some things to, to that we could unpack there I mean, we're probably getting pretty close to the end here but you know there was I, I just want to say it's like whoa I had to think about something you said like a, a few minutes back I was like do huh, I gotta sit with that do I what do I think about that and I think that you clarified you, you clarified it to something where I'm like yeah you know what I think so but you said um you said something like only only victims hurt other people and it was interesting because I I had my own resistance when you said that. I'm like provocative statement of the episode for sure. sure. Um, <laughs> definitely from maybe of like a number of podcasts um, where I was just like, you know, there's something that I feel a resistance to, but also at the same time I'm drawn in because I'm like, there is something true about what you're saying. And I think that you, you, you explained it pretty well where it's not like, no, it's not like, you know, victims like people who've actually been victim to horrible things ha having happened or, or done to them. Um, you're, that's not what you're saying clearly, but no, it's, no. it's the, it's the, how you go f forward and people who are stuck in, in a cycle of, and again, I have compassion for it because it's like, you know, it's, it's it's tough it's sneaky it's it's so tempting it, there's so much and we all do it you know like uh, like i'm not i'm not sitting here on the other end of this thing saying like i don't do it you know like i i i do it and uh which i've already talked about to a fair degree already on this episode but i'm like i do it i have this thing where i'm like oh yeah and i know it just makes me resentful you know, and angry and, and yeah, like feeling like the world is out to get me. And, and how does that make me act in the world? It makes me, um, more aggressive. It makes me less trusting. It makes me more fearful. It makes me like all of these things that don't help me to expand into life. They just, uh, they just make me shrink. They make shrink me away from it. Yes, yeah. They, they, totally. sh they make me shy away from life. I think that that's, if anything, that's that's maybe for me the biggest case to be made for this choice is that it's just like one is expansion into life and the other mm. one is is retraction from it, is hiding I, away from it. And, I feel and, like you kind of got to the core of what we've been talking about today, actually. It's expansive or restrictive. Because as we've been pursuing this whole thing about like 
facing your enemy, your enemy, when it dominates, makes you restrict, right? It makes you protect. It makes you arm up. It makes you whatever. But when you don't feel you have enemy in the world, you can be expansive because you're more open and you're more trusting. Actually, I remember this so specifically. You came over and I was when I was living on Main Street in Vancouver and you came over and you said, you know, I had a, uh, through that book. Um, do you remember that when the name of that, the, um, the, it's like, it goes through like the 12 steps, but it's not like it's, um, that process that um, people do. Uh, what was that book? Oh, called? like they, um, a, like, cool. I mean like the 12 step like process. A, it's it's like, like, it's like one of the steps it's like of AA, but it's like uh, just an important thing for everybody. But it was something about perceiving the the world as being an enemy or perceiving things as working against you or something. Oh, oh, I think you're talking when, yeah, that year when I, I went through um, A Course in Miracles. Course in Miracles. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It wasn't really, yeah. it's not really like a 12-step program. That was something that the person who, that I, the, the group that I was going to with that was, they kind of incorporated some elements of that into oh, the discussion. But yeah, like one of the lessons was like I perceive it was something like yeah I I perceive attack everywhere I look right and sure. uh, yeah I think that's what you're talking yeah. about. It is what I'm talking about, and so what I'm bringing this up is because when when things work against us in our life, we can perceive that in a multitude of ways, right? But like one way we can perceive it is that the world's attacking me, or this person's attacking me, or whatever's attacking me, and so if I perceive I'm being attacked, I'm going to arm up. I'm going to restrict. I'm going to protect myself. Right. But if I see it as like, I've had uh, teachers reframe it or mentors reframe this and they say, the world's telling me to slow down, just take a moment. And they use it as this like beautiful, meditative, mm. peaceful thing. And I'm like, what a great reframe. <laughs> like, yeah. Take a breath. The world's attacking me or the world's telling me to slow down and take a breath. The same event interpreted two different ways. One might make you more expansive and open and present. And the other might make you more present, but it might make you restrict and arm up and protect yourself and be scared or whatever. So it's like, who created that perception though, right? Who decided, like, when you become consciously aware that you're doing this, then you can take responsibility and going, I'm perceiving the world's attacking to me, attacking me. It's not that the world is attacking me. It's that I am perceiving that it is attacking me. And is this what I would do if I, if I had the choice, do I want to live in a world that's attacking me or do I want to listen or be in a world that's, that's trying to tell me to slow down, smell the flowers, be present, pay attention, like if you looked at the universe or God or whoever you want to look at it as it was constantly just trying to love you and like give you good things all the time. And even when it threw something in your way, that wasn't what you wanted. It was actually doing it out of pure love and good. And that's how you saw it. Think about how expansive you could be in this world. Cause you'd be like everywhere I look, it's just like the world is just there. It's just like rubbing my shoulders. It's trying to help me out. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, or you can look at it. It's like trying to stab me. It's trying to get me like, watch out. I got a duck, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. how do you want to perceive it? Right. And like, this is the crazy thing about the artistry of life is that we're bringing this whole internal world and we're envisioning it out there, which is like so wild because we're so out of control of it. And we're trying to grasp some kind of like, 
handle on it, right? Because it's like, yeah. wow, like it's, and it can just get you at every angle if you're not, if you're not taking a second to be like, wait a minute, is this really the best way to go about this? Like, same event, different response, different experience. Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah, about beer? beer and let's wrap this yeah, one up, this man. Because I we... feel like, all right, <laughs> we. I feel like I'm like I. I don't think we anything we have have anything like really better to say on this at this point, at least not today. So, um, yeah, I'm drinking. I don't know if we've had this one before on here. I've I've had this beer before, but I don't know if I've had this one on the podcast. Um, and this one's from Whistler Brewing Company, and this is their Forager Pale Ale. It says Pale Ale style because actually this is a gluten-free beer. And I mean, I'm not a gluten-free, mm. but uh, some uh, a, a neighbor left some in the fridge, and uh, I was like, "All right, let's uh, let's let's go for it." And you know what? Like it's it it. I think they make it out of rice or something like that. Yeah, um, but it's uh, you like it. It's good. Like it. It's not. I don't drink it going like, okay. It's a beer like beverage. Um, <laughs> it's like no. That that tastes like. Oh yeah, a like, beer like beverage. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's good. You wouldn't know unless someone pointed out. Yeah, yeah. Like if someone poured that to you and just said, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a pale ale," you'd just be like, "Oh yeah, that's good." Um. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily say like there's something off or weird about this. It's just so hats off to uh Whistler Brewing Company for a uh fantastic gluten free option for our for our celiac friends who are also beer lovers. <laughs> <laughs> there's more options out there in the world for you. Nice. Okay, well, I'm having one. I don't think I've had this before. This is from Bowen Island Brewing, and it's their West Coast Lager. And it is a solid little lager, I got to say. Um, I've been very happy with it. So, you know, um, I love those island breweries. Uh, <laughs> so I tried it out. Um, yeah, you know, man, I, I think uh, this, has been, this has been a good talk. I feel like this is one of those talks that, we do kind of comment on this type of stuff in all sorts of various ways throughout the show, but maybe this one, you know, even our talk leading up to this conversation, I feel like we set up something for this year, you know, between you and I, and just what we're working on in our process in each of our processes, I suppose. But it's like this, this whole idea of, you know, I think fear has been one of those things that you and I have worked on combating because we know how detrimental it can be to the artist and just a creative being or anybody pursuing a vision or a dream. Fear is this sometimes elusive and sneaky little culprit to, to cause doubt and to cause resistance and just make us play safe and whatever. And I think we've done enough to realize that like, yeah, shit, man, a lot of this stuff is just made up. It's not real. And so what are we going to do about that? For me, this conversation was very good at us just diving into that internal part of it, that like, how do I create, manifest, and project all of this out in the world? And where can I take responsibility over that and basically change that narrative out there so that 
going out into the world no longer becomes this scary, frightening thing, but more like this welcoming thing. And I'm confronted with this all the time. You know, for me, I, I, I like I've shared on this podcast and I'll, I think I'll just be my final note, Evan is like, I've shared on this podcast. I went through a period of depression. I went through this like valley in my self-discovery and it was transformational, but it was very difficult. And as I went through it, I, you know, I revisited who I am as a person, who I bring into my life, who my friends are, what I want to do with my life, what matters to me, everything, like everything was up for really a debate internally. And so sometimes I kind of like, as I'm entering back into the world in my more, I'd say positive, strong, transcended place, I carry with me some wounds that happened that brought me into that valley in the first place. And one of those wounds is that, you know, people can be dangerous and people can be cruel and people can betray you and things like that. And I had someone reach out to me the other day and they said, Hey, you know, um, can you help me with this? And I, and I helped them and I said, is there anything else you need? And they were like, they were like, Oh, thanks so much. And they were like, Oh, you know what? There's this other thing. I was like, I don't know. I said, okay. And so I helped them. And then they were like, just so grateful and just like so appreciative. And we had such a warm connection. And I was thinking about it. I was like, people just need help most of the time. And if we help each other, we have such positive, great things between us. And I'm like, why am I scared of the world? I can help people. I can help people in all sorts of ways. I'm just going to focus on how I can help people. And then the world won't seem like such a scary place. And mm. I don't know why I even think of it as a scary place. Sometimes it's, it actually baffles me, but it's like, yeah, just go out and try and help people. And you know what, who's gonna, you know, maybe they don't want your help. That's fine. But who's going to make you wrong for saying like, Hey, like if I can help you, let me know. You know what I mean? Like what's so bad about that? And where, where would that even like lead you astray? And like, if someone's taking advantage of you, then stop helping them and, you know, move on and help someone who appreciates it. But like, at the end of the day, I have a lot of value to offer and people have a lot of value to offer. And I'm going to just focus on how I can help people and how people can help me and how we can all just value each other. And, and this was kind of transformative for me because previous to that, I was very much stuck in this, like, okay, you got to protect yourself. The world's a little dangerous. Da, da, da. Like I was running that narrative mm -hmm. unconsciously mostly, but anyway, so I just want to bring that out because I feel like, um, as we've gone through this talk, I've realized, yeah, like my own enemy has just been my lack of consciousness about how I'm projecting an enemy into the world that isn't even there probably, but it's just me and I'm conducting my life as though it's true. And, and I've realized it isn't true. And so I'm going to, I'm going to aim after this podcast to just conduct my life in a way where it's an open and warm world and people need help and I can help them and they can help me and let's just do this together. And that's what I'm going to do. Amazing. I, you know, it's to, to just, to, illustrate just how sneaky the that that and and deceptive that sort of victim voice can be that poor me voice can be um is it is it often masks itself as a thing of like okay I'm, i need to protect myself i need to defend myself like it like 
that feels very much like, okay, yeah, like I'm taking charge and whatever, but that's actually, it's actually, there's a victim mindset to that whole thing, but it really doesn't appear that way on the surface, but you, you start to dig under the surface and you're like, oh wait, hang on a second. Where is the need to build these defenses coming from? <laughs> coming from? <laughs> there's a, there's a poor me story at the heart of that thing. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's quite something. It's quite something. Um, yeah, you know, like it's, I once heard, uh, the, the very famous sort of, uh, guru, sad guru say that the, the journey of awakening begins with, begins with realizing it starts within you. Like it starts inside of you and with you. And I think that that's, yeah, like it's another way of just communicating again. Like, look, it's about taking responsibility for this, this, all of these unpleasant things that are going on inside of you. Right. Um, that, yeah, like things, things happen that are out of your control, but it, it's really, again, how do we respond to those things in the moment? Those are, those are how we define the person that we are and defines the kind of life that we're going to have. And is it going to be, are we going to lead a life with, with, joy and feeling empowered and creativity and again these are just another way of saying uh are we going to choose to live our life in a way of expansiveness or one of of retracting of retraction are we going to shrink away are we going to expand and you know i think in those terms for most people it it becomes a fairly obvious it becomes a fairly obvious decision at that point. Not that it's going to be an easy one, right? Because I know, I know for me, I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm going to have to be diligent, you know, about a lot of this stuff because th- these patterns can be very deeply ingrained, and and finding ways in which we can equip ourselves to be a little bit more attentive, a little bit more um, persistent in this process. And also understanding that like, yeah, there's, we're going to have moments, right? We're going to have moments and maybe to, to close off with my final words in this whole thing, it's like, yes, take responsibility, but also like, as Jung said in that quote, I'm in need of, of my own kindness. I'm in need of my own kindness in that process, in that recognition that I am the enemy. And with responsibility and kindness with myself and towards myself, I can begin to, I can begin to heal these things that I've been carrying around with me and begin to choose something that's actually more of who I want to be and the life that I want. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. 
Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.